I, no, I, the defense is wrong. Yeah, she deserved pretty, it. It's pretty good, right? No, yeah, I've actually my Mona Lisa Vito is kind of my my best impression right now. I think it's it's better than your Joe Pesci. I don't even have a Joe Pesci, so funny, um, funny, funny how, funny how. You don't have a Joe Pesci either, apparently. No. I need to work on my Ralph Macchio. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today I finally watched all of My Cousin Vinny. I can't believe you've never seen this movie before. Well, let me explain. Let me get to it before you try and make this something it isn't. So I had always been like, I've seen My Cousin Vinny. Like I've seen, seen My Cousin Vinny. Um, And as it turns out, I was going to go watch it the other day. And I'm like 50 minutes into the movie before I see anything I've ever, I recognize. Um, so like half. Yeah. So I realized I've seen the last half of My Cousin Vinny, which is like the better part. But you don't really get. And, and I had always like, you know, I'm an attorney. I had always been like, ah, it's a good movie. I get why people like it. I don't understand why people love it. Um, let me tell you now having seen the entire movie, this is a perfect movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. excellent. You know, I saw it not too long ago because I, like you, were under the assumption of that you have already seen it. So why would we ever do this film? Um, so I just saw it a couple months ago with my wife and I told her, hey, we're going to watch My Cousin Vinny again because it turns out David hasn't seen it. So we're going to actually do an episode on it. And she was like really sad about it not sad but like not wanting to watch it again she's like it's not very good i don't want to watch it again and i go well you're wrong um and i am gonna look at you differently now and so i was trying to get um my sister-in-law to watch it with me she was like i really don't want to watch this either and i was like well fuck you guys i guess i'll watch it by myself and so I started watching it in the living room and <laughs> and then about like, I don't know, 40 minutes in my wife sits next to me. And then like maybe 10 or 15 minutes after that, they've been like eyeing the movie for like, you know, for the first of them, like peeking in, peeking out, whatever, whatever. And then I had them both sitting next to me watching the entirety of the movie being completely invested in it and then at the end you know having like the frustration of like the prosecuting attorney and the judge and the and the celebration of you know them getting off and stuff so it's it's so funny because they were so adamantly against it but like like a good movie it like really sucked them in emotionally yeah so there's a scene that we'll get to which was the point where I was just like, I started watching this probably a month ago and I was like, I don't really recognize most of this. And I was like, Oh, this beginning part is really good. And then there's a scene that we get to that is like the scene where I paused the movie. I called you and was like, Hey, I realize now I've never seen this whole thing. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in November. We like moved a bunch of other movies around and I like stopped right there. And there's a scene where I was like, this scene is like perfectly written. And there's a bunch of scenes in the beginning that are just like 
perfectly written, like comedically, very funny. Um, and uh, yeah, my other experience and my wife told me, I t- <laughs> said I could tell this story. She's like, you can tell a story about my dad. And I was like, what am I allowed to? Um, so I go over around Christmas when we were living back when we were living in Atlanta, we came down and visited and um, her dad was drunk. I found out later that he was drunk off one beer because he doesn't drink. And he was watching my cousin Vinny because it's like one of his favorite movies. And just sure. the whole whole time, every like five minutes, is that what the law's like, Dave? <laughs> so over and over to me. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Ashley's dad. Thank you, thank you, John. Um, so let's get let's just get started into it. The the other thing about this movie, um, last thing before we actually get started into it, is you know a lot of times you and I stay away from comedies because there's not a lot of talk to talk about except for I love this line. I love that line, which we will do today. Right. To of let course. you know. Yes. Yeah. Warning shot. But there also is a lot to add to that, a lot to like break down. Like the comedy is done structurally in a way that's so well done. Um, that there is just and there's other aspects of this that that there are to talk about that it is like I'm excited. Like, let's get into it. Well, one thing that's kind of just jumping off um and getting into it and building on your point i asked my wife like why did she remorsefully want to watch this to begin with and she's like oh because it's frustrating how is it frustrating she says frustrating because uh you know they're innocent the entire time and since everyone's being really bullheaded about everything you know the outcome you know of the movie because it's a you know it's not a tragedy and I was like, okay. So then we watched it. And I and I thought two things. One, what courtroom drama movie TV, um, um, sorry, movie comedy thing, do we not know who did it? Or do we do we not know if they're innocent? And, and then two, it's written in a way that it doesn't even matter if we know or we don't know. It's not a suspense. We're not like... Oh my God, did Ralph Macchio fucking kill that guy? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's a character. It's almost like focused so much on Joe Pesci's character that the plot kind of falls away and you just focus on his character arc. And I think that's really what the movie is built on. Not to be like, you know, say something cliche, but it is like the journey rather than the destination. Exactly. One, you know, they didn't do it Two, It's comedy. You know, they're going to get off. So three, how are they going to get off? Right. Because the way Joe Pesci is presented in the beginning of this, you're like, oh, he's not a good attorney. How is this going to work? But if you watch it back and I knew he was a good attorney because I said I saw the ending of it, or at least I knew he was a good litigator, which he like distinguishes in this movie. Um, you it's actually written in a way in the beginning that there's a lot of things that happen to him. He's put in this new setting in Alabama, which Alabama has like a very, from what I was reading, has like a very robust, uh, like, <laughs> like laws, like that you have to, to get acquainted with. Um, and so he's put in this situation where he looks like an idiot and he keeps saying like, Hey, it's just the procedure. I'll get it down. Like that, you know, you don't learn this in law school. Um, you know, you learn it as you go. And there's this one point that I'll just say now where they're in a preliminary hearing to it's basically it's it's as 
it's like a grand jury proceeding, but this is done differently than a grand jury. Basically, is there enough evidence to go to trial? And it's where all three witnesses testify and Vinny doesn't ask any questions and he gets sent back to jail again. And they're like, why don't you ask any questions? You could have gotten this thrown out. And he's like, you guys are two New Yorkers uh, charged with murder in Alabama. This thing's going to trial. (laughs) And actually, it is very tactically smart to not try and defend them during that hearing because they are going to go to trial. Yeah. Because there's a fucking confession, right? Like, even though we know it's not real, there's a confession and there's three eyewitnesses. This is going to trial. Right. So to not reveal your strategy is extremely smart. One of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I hope it's not the one that you you built up in the beginning of this episode, but one of my favorite scenes in this movie is when um, he kind of feels good about himself like he's like oh i'm i'm actually getting somewhere with this and he brings home the case files and he's like can you believe it he just gave me his case files <laughs> and marissa tomei is like yeah of course he gave you his case files by law he had to and it was just like he was like oh and then she mentions like yeah you can even question his witnesses and then you see like the light bulb become come off and i was like him being so proud of himself, feeling like he got the one over on the guy, like he schmoozed him enough that he would like let him do this. Marissa is like, yeah, you fucking moron. Like you he had to do it. You know, let's get let's just get started rolling through this. So I like uh, I like the start of this. We actually get to see, you know, Taylor's point about we know what's going to happen. I I like that they don't try and make this a mystery on top of a comedy and and a little bit of a drama. Um, we get to see the Sack of Suds, which is like a perfect name for a fucking place in yep. Alabama. Apparently, it's a real place in Georgia. And when uh, Ashley and I used to drive back and forth, so a lot of the exteriors were shot in Monticello, Georgia. Okay. That is where we stopped to get Taco Bell. And if you're ever in Monticello, Georgia, Monticello, Monticello, uh, it's like one of the best Taco Bells I've ever had. So just... Okay. For everyone's edification. Um, and then I, I love the next scene where they're getting questioned by the police and they think it's over a can of tuna and the police are questioning them about a murder. Like So frustrating. It's so frustrating. I just think it's funny. The whole time I'm just like, oh, this is like really well. The, because it has to be written smartly in a way where it makes sense. And I think it is where there's like the miscommunication of like, yeah you know you're here for murder so we're not exactly spelling it out and they're like no we know we're here because of a can of tuna yeah there's a moment and it comes up later where he's like yeah i did it or no 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 he's like so you shot the guy and he's He's like like, i shot the clerk i shot the clerk i shot the clerk like questioning (laughs) right but he just omitted the question marks at the end of that statement right and so when he he leaves and he comes to to the realization that that's they're framing him for murder. Well, not framing him, but they think they he did it. <clears throat> um, it it's so frustrating because you would think that they would just mention something about it earlier on, just something. Yeah, I know. I mean, but once I there's a lot in this movie that's like because it's a comedic movie. I think you give a little bit of leeway, whereas in like a drama, you wouldn't. For example. Like them, uh, uh, him allowing Ralph Macchio allowing 
cousin Vinny to continue to represent him <laughs> basically because of a magic trick or like my least favorite scene in the movie is when Ralph Macchio's like, yeah, you know, we were at a wedding and this magician was doing tricks and Vinny's yeah. just like, it's in his pocket. It's under the table. Vinny got him every time. I was like, that's not a reason to your life is on the line, bro. Well, he doesn't a hundred percent. Right. Because when, uh, when his friend wants to go to the, to the other, def- uh, public defender, he, yeah. He tells Vinny, like, I'm going to go to the public defender. And then he woos him with the card trick or whatever. Well, but also, I think the believable part of that is he says, give me one witness. And he's like, okay, I'll give you one witness. That at least, I think, so the guy that wrote this, um, or the I think it was the director, right? The guy who directed this, and he probably helped writing, um, was an attorney. So a lot of that oh, aspect of it okay. put like a lot of thought into, which is why this is considered like a very legally accurate movie. In I heard, parts. I heard that out of like, like out of um, a few good men and this movie and like a lot of other courtroom dramas that my cousin Vinny gets it the closest out of all of them. I mean, the cross exam stuff is great. Um, the like we'll go through as we as we get to it, but yeah, no, a lot of it is just like really good. Some of it's like shortened, right? Because it's a movie, so it'd be a lot longer. But yeah, it is really good. I um just really quick in the beginning, I I love the line from the sheriff. We're gonna run enough electricity through him to light up like Birmingham or whatever he says, or Beecham County, whatever he says. Right. Um, I think it's really fun. like that's when it's set up. But the phone call to his mom where they're yeah. like, dude, this is fucking clan country. They're all fucking their cousins down here. Like, you know, these people, they're crooked. as they, Like everyone looks at him because it's all in the same room. Like, yeah, get away from everyone. You know, another thing that they have a lot of African-American actors like spread around this and they 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 never make it seem like a like a race thing at all. Like not once, even though like the sheriff is white and like country and and the the judge is white and southern and stuff like that, like the you know the other town folks who are also beating in on them and 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 not wanting them or thinking that they're guilty, they're all different races. So it's not like a oh you're from there you you know Italian guy you know so it's they make it like clear that it's not a race issue or a closed-mindedness issue it's a situational issue so it's not to not to be confused that joe pesci doesn't have to like go through prosecution or anything like that it's it's evidential stuff that he has to overcome and i really like that about the movie too they do play a little bit with the fact that ralph macho is playing italian I mean, probably is Italian and (laughs) Sam Rothenstein is Jewish. Right. And this is sort of a fish out of water situation where they're coming down here to Alabama. But yeah, they definitely don't. It's a comedy. They're not dealing with like what could be the racial issues. You know, these guys are white. They killed a white sack of suds manager, you know, employee. Right. So it's like they are not they're avoiding that issue. Um, Also, classic says uh, they say the name of the movie. We got an attorney. My cousin Vinny. And then it cuts to him driving in. I don't think movies are made this way anymore, right? Like, I, it would be hard-pressed to have a successful film like My Cousin Vinny made today. Um, but especially with the comedic timing as it as it is. Like, I, I just don't feel like you see the... Who... Like, like you know, the classic... Um, well, who would do that? 
and then hard cut to like the main character, you know, doing the thing, you know? Yeah. Which is, but it's classic though, if done right. Um, so they come in town. I like the, uh, the, like the little mud and tires call with the, with the, there's the mechanic guy who walks up. Oh, what's wrong? And he's like, Oh, we got Alabama mud and tires. We're famous for our mud. And this kind of smartly Vinny looks over at Marissa Tomei, Mona Lisa. And is like, you ever heard of that? And she's like, no. And uh, he's like, no, she's never heard of it. She knows everything about cars. And then kind of just like dismisses him. Yeah. Um, my one of my favorite scenes in the beginning is Vinny at the jail. And apparently, <laughs> yeah, the director, yeah. the director wanted to cut it because he's like, that's not how it would work. He wouldn't get to go into the jail cell, but he left it in because even though it's not accurate, it's the funniest scene in the movie. And it is so perfectly written and he's like i don't want to do this and he's like i wouldn't if i was you either but let's yeah. just make it a simple in and out yeah why aren't you uh grateful uh it's it's your ass not mine <laughs> and he's like i would be something? getting on my knees if i were you and then my favorite i did not come down here just to get jerked off <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and even when he recognized <laughs> Dude, even when he recognizes his nephew, like in the top bunks asleep, he goes, well, isn't he cute? Like, <laughs> like, it's just and then and then the realization sets in when Ralph is like, oh, my God, Vinny. And but everything up to that is like, how did that fucker not wake up like any earlier than that? I don't know. It's like a, it, that is like a perfectly comedic scene. And it's I mean, it's very similar to what they're doing in the first scene with the cops talking about murder and them talking about a can of tuna. Yeah. But both times it works. Um, Do you think that scene could have been made today? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's still funny. Like, I mean, one of the, (laughs) I don't know. People are still pretty okay with joking about people getting raped in prison. As long as it's, well, as long as it's men. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, So he's going to represent them. Uh, he they're like you know do you have any experience no have you done any of this no i passed the bar oh you passed the bar uh yeah not my first time and he's like well third time a charm six times was a charm actually for me which i will say you know obviously passing the bar means you can study very well but it is like pretty meaningless on whether you could be like definitely a good trial lawyer right there are a lot of good trial lawyers who just like can't study for the bar because the bar there's a lot of fucking information that you're never going to use again because it's like every aspect of like different, you know, different yeah. law area, areas of the law. So is it a, is it how many questions is it? Is it 100 questions? It's different. Pff, it's different per state. So Florida is two days. Uh, the first. So the first day was essays in the morning and then multiple choice, like 50 or 100 and then the second day is two sections of multiple choice, I think. I can't remember. But like, I think California's three or four days. North Carolina's three or four days. Um, yeah, some of them are really fucking hard. And then, I mean, another thing you have to, everyone has to pass is like the MPRE, which is the ethics portion, which is maybe one of the easiest tests you can take because it's just like, don't fuck your clients and don't steal their money. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think anyone could go in not having studied for that and pass that part of it because it's fairly obvious shit. Um so then he gets approved as an out-of-state lawyer. Um, the back and forth, like the through line in the movie of like him being one step ahead of the judge, like is so that's funny. 
That's a question I have for you. Because of Alabama law, he had to lie about who he was because he had to have some sort of trial experience to 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 represent here or to act in here. So I looked this up a while ago when I um, first pra- thought you watched the movie. Yeah, well, well to practice uh, in a different state, it's called like Pro Hack Viche, and each state has different rules. Alabama's actually seemed pretty like lax when i looked it up um i think he's just trying to impress the judge right so he's passed the bar so ostensibly he could do this it's just it's basically up to the judge to allow him and the judge wants to make sure that he can handle a capital murder case the gallo to callow thing is so smart i love when he's like did you say jerry gallo well yeah jerry gallo's dead and the judge is like yeah i know i know that and he's like okay well, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he approves him sort of conditionally. Um, I want to talk about this now. So I was telling my wife when I started this movie, I was like, um, one of my friends a long time ago basically had this like. I don't know, it's not a rule, but it's just like a category. It's like the Julianne Moore category of like people who just get hotter as they get older. And he was like, Julianne Moore every year gets hotter. And I tend to agree. I put marissa tomei in that category until about an hour and 20 minutes in this movie and i realized i'd fallen in love with mona lisa vito and realized that she's just been hot ever since i'm ever trying since. to remember what the hour 20 minute mark is and no, I, I, I i gave a random thing there it's probably when she's like continuously like in her 90s <laughs> and like the different outfits actually for me i think it was when they go to the cabin and she's wearing that really tight dress with the completely open back. It's like a leotard, basically. Yeah. 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 Well, because I think like 80s, early 90s movies, I think the hair is so different that it sort of throws you off. Dude, that like blonde streak, man. Forget about it. What the fuck was that? Forget right. about it. Anyway. So um, I love, so we next get like the steam whistle that wakes him up and the little diner scene where they're like, they're looking at the menu like, what do you think? Breakfast? It's just this breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. And then he takes like a fucking heap of just like lard and throws on there. And he's like, do you guys have cholesterol down here? Do you guys know about that? Um, It's cool too, right? Because the whole beginning, he's kind of making enemies wherever he goes. And it's not like a huge deal most of the time. It's just like he it's it's really well written examples of how he just doesn't gel within this community from the grits to the cook to the pool table um, fiasco to like the fighting. Right. And I love how he is a uh, what do you call it when you're an accident? um, Personal injury attorney. Personal injury attorney. And then he catches that guy in the neck brace and he's like did you fall in someone else's place or did you fall at your own place? And he's like, my own place. He's like, Uh, this is my, this is the scene that I stopped and I was like, all right, we have to do this movie when she's like, she bails him out and she's like, you know, we're out of money. I tried to get more. Um, I hustled this guy, but he stiffed me and they're like, someone stiffed you. And he goes to this guy and he's like, Hey, you owe my fiance $200. And he's like, well, how about I kick your ass? And he's like, Oh, a counter offer. And he's like, you see, I'm a lawyer. In my field, that's a counteroffer. And then he's like, so 
I can either get my ass kicked or $200. I'll take the $200. And he's like, over my dead body. He's like, you like to renegotiate. Yeah. He's like, so do I have to kill you or can I just beat the shit out of you for the 200? He's like, I guess beat the shit out of me. He's like, okay, I'll beat the shit out of you. And I love when he's like, well, show me the money. He's like, I got the money. He's like, no, no, just show it to me. He's like, I can get the money. He's like, all right, get the money. Then I'll kick your ass. That is it's so fucking good because I also had seen the scene before where he's just walking by a guy with $200 and he fucking Superman punches him and <laughs> falls down and then picks up the money and keeps walking. And I know you, you no context in that. And I was like, well, and for the longest time I was like, Oh, he must've, because the guy in the next brace was there too. I was like, Oh, he must've beat the shit out of that guy earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just a villain he's just a villain um no that's so funny you know when you said my favorite scene it was that scene was not even on the list of possibilities i thought it might have been your favorite scene but i can see why now that you mention it and it is a really good scene and it just kind of like makes it it makes him extremely likable and i think another thing that makes joe pesci in this extremely likable is two things Everyone is horrible in this town. And the other thing is, you're wondering why someone like, not just someone as hot as Marissa Tomei is with him, but like someone as like smart and like just really like on it is with him. And the fact that she is, is it also makes him extremely likable until at the end of the movie, he's a total dick to her. Then it's like, oh, you're kind of a dick. But um, he's under a lot of stress, man. But she makes him extremely likable. I agree. Her liking him. Uh, so he was 49 and she was 27 when they filmed this. And uh, this is like right after Goodfellas when he's playing like a fucking like 25 year old. And they like died. Funny as how? Funny oh, how? Funny like a clown? Uh, and so like he's got this continued legacy of just playing people 30 years younger than him in movies for for parts of it right i don't know how old he's supposed to be in this but here's the point i'm okay with it because i don't know who else i would want in goodfellas and this movie than joe pesci yeah i mean he it's not like how, how do i say it? it's not like they don't work right as a couple and and there's this great thing where he's like, you know, um, Ralph Macchio's Jewish friend. I forget his name, but he's like Stan Rothstein. Stan. So Stan's like, my parents argue. And he's like, no offense, Stan, but your family ain't got shit on my family with arguing. And it cuts to like some sort of argumentative foreplay between Marissa and Joe and it's kind of cringe it's kind of gross but it also just really works well i think it's almost her like she keeps wanting to help him and he is like i don't want your help and so she is like getting him to argue kind of to prep him to argue right right um so i I don't know i i liked that scene uh i think she also just deserved the oscar for having to kiss joe pesci too you know what i mean like yeah, she 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 won the Oscar for this, right? Or she got nominated? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she won. Oh, she won. Uh, well deserved. I don't. I, I have no notes on that. I um, 
I was just thinking back about our casino episode where we were joking about like the the people that had to keep pretending to blow Joe Pesci and that woman like completely right. misinterpreted what we were saying about it. She was like, you're right. pro. Um, yeah, we're not. Uh, <laughs> the preliminary hearing we already talked about. I, I just once again, I, I at first they don't explain what it is. So the witnesses just keep going in order. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? And at the end, the judge is like, all right, this is enough evidence. Go to trial. I was like, oh, OK. And as I said, Joe Pesci's um explanation is great and then uh they go with the public defender uh one of them does and there's a magic I trick i uh i laugh because the performance that the public def- <laughs> not just like in the real life scenario of this of this movie on his stuttering and his nervousness but like the actor does a really good job of it so he actually apparently has a stuttering issue in real life Oh. And he kind of sort of hates this part because um, he said, one, it made it hard to get work. But two, it's just kind of, you know, I think I think we are now in a day and age where like making fun of anyone's, you know, but I didn't, you know, the thing about the movie is that I didn't get that. It was making fun of people who stutter. I felt like this guy did not have a stutter and be and what made him stutter like a fear induced stutter exactly yeah 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 I, know. I mean it is kind of like a you could be a different type of lawyer than one who speaks in in front of juries maybe like you could you could do something right. else um so uh real before before we start getting into like the trial there's a couple little things here and there so there's the first time tj tries to fight him again and he shows him the money he's like fan it out for me how do i know it's not like 20s covering ones he's like it's all there and then he shows it to him and he's like ah that's it's, when you have the money come back and he's like fuck and then they're they're going to like their third hotel now and a train goes by yeah and there's this little part where marissa tomei starts laughing at the train because she's just like the ridiculousness of this like that this keeps happening um and then your favorite scene or one of your favorite scenes where he talks about the files and marissa tomei you know, says, oh, yeah, you know, he has to fucking give you the files. You're not being slick, slick, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's the one part, too, where the DA is voir the the, uh, the jury. And she's like, well, I think the victim should say. And he's like, well, what if this, this, and this? And she's like, fry him. And he turns around and he's like, she'll do. <laughs> and it's like, maybe Vinny should say, like, I don't want her. Yeah. Yeah. Some. I don't even know where he really was for that. He's probably asleep because he's so tired. Um, when he goes hunting with the uh, the prosecuting attorney, the DA, and, the DA, and he before that he explains to him that like in his office that conversation he has with the DA in his office, right? Um, I I think I thought that was like really good it established so much about that character in such a little time that when he was like oh i i don't you know i was a defend a a defend defense attorney for a while but i just didn't like the feeling of you know defending someone if they were guilty but prosecuting them like i have no qualms with that you know i thought that was great yeah it's funny so i work with um a woman who used to be a uh prosecutor a district attorney and I was saying, like, you know, to me, like, it's sometimes it's, I think it would be kind of crazy, like, if you have a prosecutor 
that becomes a judge that like would feel unfair almost as a defendant. She's like, no, it's the exact opposite. She's like judges that used to be public defenders realize all the bullshit that these people spout. And so they don't buy any of it. Whereas DAs were like, Oh, you know, maybe like, so like, I mean, it depends person to person, obviously. She's like, no, a lot of times public defenders that become judges are like harsh on those people. I remember one of my teachers um, in film school, he was our writing teacher and he used to be a lawyer and um, he was older. So I think he, he retired and then just became a teacher because he loved, he loved film um, and script writing anyway. So he was telling us, I, I think one guy in my class was like saying like, so what kind of lawyer were you? And he's like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a defense. I was a defense attorney. He's like, Oh, isn't that kind of scummy? like defending like how do you know if someone is actually guilty or not guilty and he's like well that's the process of the law like you have to do your best and then it, you know but but he's like i don't see it that way he's like a lot of people can't are miss um prosecuted like they like yeah um what's it called like un un convicted unfairly yeah yeah convicted unfairly so you know if you're a good defense attorney then it then you have the right to you have the duty to try to defend these people and so he's like yeah i'd much be much rather be a a defense attorney with a clear conscience than a prosecuting prosecuting attorney i just i thought that was interesting because i never looked at it that way before yeah, and then as a prosecuting attorney, especially if you have like autonomy on most of your cases, which a lot of them do. I mean, like the way the justice system is is structured too. You have DAs and public defenders with way too many cases just trying to get through them, and sometimes they'll let someone go who might have been guilty, and sometimes they'll get a you know a, a plea deal out of someone who is completely innocent, but they're afraid of getting more time. So it's pretty fucked up all around. Um, we talked about your uh, scene where uh, she's wearing the leotard and uh, she's like, my biological clock is ticking. I love <laughs> when the owl starts going off and he just goes outside and shoots randomly in the air. Um, we did skip a, a really great scene where the DA does invite him to go hunting and he tells Marissa Tomei that he's going to go and she gives him that spiel about the baby deer. Um and his, should... head's, his head's blown open. Do you think he'll care what the guy who's shot him is wearing? Yeah, I mean, I can. She's given so much good material in this movie; it's crazy. So his suit gets ruined. He he bought a suit. He goes in in this fucking ridiculous outfit, and the judge's like, "Are you mocking me?" He's like, "No, I'm not mocking you." He's like, "I wore this ridiculous thing for you," and uh, he says, "There's the line about." He's like, "Oh, you're in contempt." He's like, "What a fucking surprise!" And he's like, "What'd you say?" He's like, "What? What did I say?" He's like, "What did you just say?" He's like. I don't know. What did I say? And the judge just like lets it go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that suit that he ends up wearing, that's like a, that's like an older, that's like a, what, like a 60s or 70s bell boy, bellhop suit or something, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's an cool. elevator, like the, 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 in the olden days, the guys who like help operate the elevator in hotels, that, that thing. I just love that it fits his five four frame too, like perfectly tailored to him. What's well, the only one in the store that could? <laughs> oh, so we're about to do the opening. One thing I want to say that we sort of skipped over when he learns that he's allowed to talk to the witnesses and he he's allowed to know what they are. There's this quick montage where he talks to each of the witnesses and he asks them a very important question 
but you don't know the context of what he's asking. So he asks the older black lady, oh, so how many levels of thickness? And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? And then he's like, asks, he's like, oh, what, what's uh, you know, your window? Like you can kind of figure out what he's going for. But then when he explains it in the trial, I think it's like a well-written way of like, oh, this will make sense later. Apart from the ending of this movie, that is probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie is where he's just completely discrediting every witness put on the stand one by one, they fall. Right. And then it's just like, you get it and they get it and everyone gets it. Like they have a, they have a fucking chance now. Yeah. And he kind of says that to Ralph Macchio beforehand. He's like the prosecutor's building a house out of bricks and I'm here to show (laughs) they're fucking, you know, not the spades. Um, So the opening uh, the DA's opening is like kind of textbook perfect on what you're supposed to do because so in an opening, you're supposed to say the evidence will show. Right. And in a closing, you're supposed to say this is what, you know, you don't have to say this is what I'm showing. You're going to be like, they did this, they did this, they did this. You kind of mimicking what evidence was told. And so like he does this throughout. The evidence is going to show the state is going to prove this is this. And then Vinny gets up and he's like, everything that guy said is bullshit. And the, it gets stricken for being argumentative. And he's like, and don't use that language. But if he just said, the evidence is going to show everything that guy said is bullshit, <laughs> then it's not argumentative anymore. <laughs> I mean, it funny. still probably is, but uh, it's just, I don't know. I think that- can the judge Can the judge have anything stricken? Oh, that's a legal issue that I was thinking. At any point, did the DA and the judge break the law? during this because there's this moment at the end where they submit a piece of evidence kind of last minute and the the prosecutor yeah i mean the expert witness yeah and he's like oh do you think i have to be worried he's like yeah if i were you i'd be worried and he's like well can you tell me what it is now he's like i'll wait in the morning doesn't he legally have to tell him what it is then Uh, i mean that's a state to state thing uh you're supposed to tell i think like most most places it would be like you have to tell them as reasonably you know is in a reasonable amount of time um we can talk about that when we get to it because it i think it's it's like very interesting the way that's done so the first witness is tipton who is the uh the grits guy which is funny because we saw Vinny learn about grits earlier uh and the public defender asks him about glasses he's like oh you weren't wearing your glasses at that time and it's like well they read in glasses and this kind of is a very subtle way of showing like a lot of times public defenders don't have the time to do like legwork like Vinny did, right? Like Vinny really cares about this case. If you're able to afford a really good attorney, he really cares because he's really getting fucking paid to defend you. Whereas public defenders, as I said, have hundreds of cases. And so he doesn't have time to always interview every witness for every case. In a capital case, you would hope they would. Um, but when Vinny gets on there, it is like kind of a perfect cross examine. And this movie is set up sort of in a, like a, you know, a very systematic way to show you like how, how it could happen. It's like the perfect scenario for him to be able to discredit these witnesses. Um, we also get the two Utes line during this. The, the, when the public defender goes up and he does his stuttering, you know, whatever he goes to sit back down and he taps like he's tapped Stan on the back, like got him. <laughs> and well, no, Stan, he says he was like, that's, "That guy's a tough cookie." <laughs> yeah, that guy's a tough cookie. That's right. He's like, "Oh man, that guy's a tough cookie." And Stan's face, like, mm-hmm, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's in trouble. Like, it's it's great. 
I like um I like when he says don't sh- uh, Vinny back to Vinny when he's like don't shake your head I'm not even done with the question yet and then he's like how long does it take you to make your breakfast five minutes and he's like you know ask him about this question and he's like you know so how are you able to make your grits faster than everyone else he's like I'm a fast cook I guess and I love the line he's like I'm sorry I was all the way over here you said you're a fast cook <laughs> He's like, do the laws of physics cease to exist? I, I one of my favorite parts of that scene is where he's uh, holding up the two fingers for the woman, and he measures out the fifty yards, right, all the way back in the courtroom. Yeah, I mean that's a different scene, but yeah. But I mean it's the it's the same on the same track. Okay. Um, he he holds up the two fingers, and then the judge totally gives it away, and then he just he's like, oh my god, can can. Miss what's her name and only Miss what's her name answer. And then he still just holds up two fingers again. And when she says four, the whole courtroom is like, oh, well, several times this show, like all the jurors start like looking at each other like, oh, <laughs> like that ain't good. Um, one of the other things, too, that uh, that Vinny does, it's really great. And it's really great cross examinations type stuff is the guy answers, I guess you could say that. And he's like, I am saying that. Would you say that? Yeah. Like, cause you need to get him on the record admitting to it. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, I got no more use for this guy. I got no more use for this guy. I and love then it. Stan fires him. And I love the little sight gag of him sleeping in Stan fires, the public defender. And yeah. I love the little sight gag of him sleeping in the prison. He hasn't been able to sleep and he's sleeping through a prison riot. It, was it saying that as he's sleeping through the prison riot, is it like the sounds of New York? Like, is know. that is that what they were saying in that moment? Like the reason he was sleeping so well is because it's it's a lot like home. Maybe. But I mean, he's also at this point just exhausted. But yeah, I guess that could be the joke, too. I don't even know if it's really well thought out while it, why it's funny, it, but it just is funny. Him like just sleeping so soundly through it. Um the next guy he talks to, I love when he's like, so what, you know, what is this right here? Oh, that's dirt on the glass. And what's this? This is a rusty screen. He's like, what do you call these big things? And he's like, trees. He's like, yeah, right. Don't be afraid. Just shout it right out when you know the answer. What do you call those thousands of things on the trees? Leaves. Uh, those leaves. Leaves. <laughs> and he's like, what do you call those little bushy things over there? Them's- Bushes. <laughs> so you so all through that for a matter of seconds um by the way the mrs riley and only mrs riley line was like a joe pesci added thing Mm. so we are now to the expert witness so the prosecution calls him the night before and says i have a surprise for you tomorrow almost gloating about it which just here's the thing that's like a movie scene that just don't tell him about it right just if you have a surprise for him just tell him tomorrow and say, we found out last minute, and we're telling you guys now. So here's the thing, though. You saying, like, oh, I have an expert witness, and it's a last-minute thing, it's a surprise thing, that really doesn't cut it, right? So you can present evidence if you didn't know about it, if you find out last minute. Like, that's sometimes allowed. But that's like a witness comes to you and is like, hey, we didn't know about this witness. They come to you and like, Hey, I saw, I was hiding in a bush. I saw them go in. I saw them shoot. I saw them leave. 
And the prosecution's like, we had no way of knowing about this witness. They didn't come forward. We tried. And now they've come forward and the judge may allow them to testify. An expert witness just happens to come forward. Like, I don't even, I can't even remember if the movie addresses how, like, he happened to come forward. But it almost seems like the prosecution just decided last minute, we need an expert. We're going to go get one. The expert also, like, had reports that they wrote on this. And so I don't, a judge isn't going to allow that to come in to, to me, right? Right. He, Vinny makes an objection, and the judge is like, that's a very lucid, intelligent, well-thought-out objection. It's overruled. And so here's, to me, like, you know, I read some stuff that was like, oh, that's just, that, you know, that's, like, grounds for appeal. And it is. That would get appealed. They'd get a new trial. Like, one of the things in criminal cases is courts really want you to give the benefit of the doubt to the people who might go to jail for the rest of their life or get killed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like the defense gets a little bit more leeway is the way it's supposed to work. However, sometimes judges suck and other times judges are in a small town where they don't really get appealed that often, where they're dealing with people who can't afford to appeal or don't think to appeal. When, when the judge says that, um, said that in the movie, and he's like, that was a well thought out. And he's like, denied. That was the moment that my sister-in-law out loud goes, I hate this guy, sits down and then watches the rest of the movie to the end. Yeah. So my but my point I was making is, so I think it is real to life that a judge would do this. But it's also it's like 100 percent that they would appeal and probably win. Now, sometimes appeals court will say, yes, the judge made a mistake, but it didn't matter, meaning it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the case. But having an expert come in and say, this tire matches 100% and giving no ability. So the other issue the the judge, the mistake he makes is Vinny says, I request a day or two's continuance to like read this stuff. And the judge is like, no, you got an hour. That's a nut. That's like a further compounding mistake. The judge makes that would like assuredly this could, would be appealed and overturned. But yeah. like, like, as I was saying though, sometimes appeals courts, I don't think it applies in this situation. will say, yes, the judge made a mistake, but it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the case. And they do that because courts don't like to overturn stuff. Like rarely do things get overturned, but this is like so bad that you like, right. you, you think it would have to. I, I wonder if it's just because it's a small town. It's like the appeals court is like, I mean, who would even do it? Would it move up to like Birmingham or like a bigger city or like, would that judge not, not be, can, can, can a judge do something illegal and then be caught for it during the court thing? Cause I feel like if this guy has a vendetta against a certain attorney or this guy's friends with everyone in the town, especially the guy who gets murdered, small enough town, then it's like that trial probably should not be judged in that same town. Yeah. So, I mean, what what you would do is, well, first, like, the you're probably going to get convicted. You'd have to appeal the conviction. You'd also report the judge either to the state bar or there's like a judicial ethics committee maybe. Um, and then upon winning that, you would then ask the case to be moved to a different county. Uh, if the judge hasn't been you know, 
smack you'd ask him to recuse himself if he says no you'd appeal that and say he needs to recuse himself like there's there's a step and process you would need to take i think one, one thing i'll say about this movie though and like your your sister-in-law saying i hate this guy i actually think the movie really goes to great lengths to not paint the prosecutor the judge and the sheriff i was just gonna say people. that too yes yeah like the judge denying that like he's still like the judge isn't mad that he won in the end. The judge is like, no. all right, well, we got we got to the right result because a lot of times the judge would see this expert testimony and be like, hey, this guy's an expert. He's going to give me information. He's going to give the jury information that will help them. Yeah, it's unfair that it's a surprise, but it's probably good information. Um, but the reason you're supposed to not do that is because the defense could say, oh, no, there are huge mistakes in this expert testimony that just completely invalidated. That's why you're supposed to give the defense time to look at it. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and I, th- I agree with you. I don't think that, um, like even at the end where the prosecutor knew he got, got, he was just like, the, the state overturns the, the dismisses the charges, dismisses the charges. And, and no one, you know, at the end, everyone's talking like friends and no one really hates each other. Cause it's like, you prove that they were innocent. So, yeah, and I think it does a good job in saying, like, no one was out personally out for any blood. Yeah. So, you know, he has like an hour to kind of look over what he's got. And he like, you know, uh, his clients are like, hey, you know, what, did you find anything? He's like, I found a little. And I think the this part is, you know, obviously the director is an attorney. Like you can tell, like the way this part is structured is really well done and how he like it finally clicks to him, right? Because it's also established early on that Vinny knows cars too, because he's like, when was I supposed to go to court and watch people perform, like, perform, (laughs) watch them, and I'm like (laughs) in your fucking uncle's garage every day after school. And so he goes to the diner. He finds a few things to bring up. He gets in the fight with Mona Lisa. He goes in. He's like, hey, isn't this the most popular tire brand? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so isn't it possible it could have been another car? And the guy's like, yeah, it's possible. And like with the amount of time he has, that's like the best he could do. Right. And so then he goes and sits down, the state rests. And then he has that little bit of time where he like it clicks and he sees the tires and he figures it out. So like structurally how like the story is like, oh, he goes, he figures out the little bit he can, he does his cross and then he sits down and now it's his case in chief, his time to call witnesses and defend them. Um, he it clicks and he figures out the tire thing and he gets Mona Lisa and she what's funny is like you can tell like the love between them she's pissed at him but she's on the phone and he makes her hang up she was right then calling about right. the callow thing to yes. save his ass and like when she's on the witness stand she's like oh you think I'm mad now wait till you see me tonight so she's like I know I'm coming back to you but I am pissed right now about it yeah and she has every right to be pissed but also you completely understand where he's coming from too at the same time one thing that didn't occur to me on my first watch of this many years ago that clicked this time is that and probably even like a couple months ago when I watched this it didn't click to me he knows the answer if he didn't know about the Plymouth, he would have mm-hmm. never written it down for the sheriff to go look at it, right? Yep. He knew A, A through Z at this point, and he knew how to win it. 
His problem was, is he couldn't call himself as an expert witness to the stand. Well, so there is like limited circumstances where he kind of might've been able to, and given what the judge did, he might've been able to say like, your honor, I can't get an expert this quickly, but I can testify as an expert. But he can get an expert this quickly. And he does. And, and he does. And But the other thing is, is that maybe he doesn't know as much as Marissa Tomei's character does because she knows more. So it's like if if he were to be asked the same question she was asked to like prove her um, to prove her expertise on it, um, he might have gotten that wrong. Right. But Mona Lisa was not going to get that wrong. And the yeah. fact that it was a trick question and it might not even have been right, but the prosecutor didn't even know enough to say anything about it. He was just like, yeah, good enough for me, I guess. Cause like, fuck me if I knew this. Right. Yeah. So let, I, I, yeah, let's get like into it real quick. One thing before she gets called, I love when he's looking through the pictures and he's like, dog shit. What a clue. Oh, the case cracker, <laughs> me in the shower. And he like, he just keeps going. She's getting mad, but he the fact that he just keeps going <laughs> about every picture is what really sets her off. Um, and, and we talked earlier about like how like, oh, the sheriff and all them are not bad. The really the thing that makes it so you're like, oh, this town isn't evil. You know, it's just this situation that they were put in makes them look really guilty. It's like the same looking car, the same looking type guys. Um, but the fact that the sheriff is like, he gets the note and he's like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't work for you. He's like, dude, I don't have any time. And the sheriff looks at it and then he goes to him. He's like, wait, why are you asking me? So like it shows the sheriff is a good guy because he's like, listen, I think other people did this. And the sheriff's like, right. OK, I will look. Right. And it's, you know, not that much work. There, there's this thing that we missed back back a few ways with the glasses guy who says, oh, it, it's readers. Um, It's just a f- fucking funny little throwaway line where he's like can you tell me what color their eyes are? And he goes brown and hazel green. And the look on Joe Pesci's face being like, fuck, I probably shouldn't have asked him that. It wasn't Joe Pesci. It was oh the, no, it um, was, it was the, it was the, the other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he was absolutely. like, he was like, fuck, I probably shouldn't have asked him that. It was so great. Um, I'm sorry to throw all the way back, but yeah, so back up there, um, her monologue on like, why this car has to be this car because there was only two cars and the other one was made by GM. So it was had to be the same color, her whole monologue and the way he just like pops himself up on the prosecutor's desk and like, just like lets her go. Oh my God. It's so, well, so great. The, my, so one, like the voir dire before that, where she's like, that's a bullshit question. Like, and he's like, well, so you can't answer it. And she's like, no one can. And the judge is like, well, why, why is it a sure question? And then she goes on and then he's just like, your honor, she's an acceptable witness. But my favorite part, and like, obviously this is kind of like her Oscar winning moment, but my favorite part is Joe Pesci is like asking her questions. Oh yeah. Like setting it up. And then when he kind of hears in her voice that it's clicked, that she now gets what he's asking and he gets a smile on his face. Like from that, the moment is, it's just so fucking golden. And then she starts just going in and explaining it. And she's like, would you like me to explain? He's like, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I oh, mean, and the it, judge is like, so would I. <laughs> the The judge is super invested in this right now. Right. And it helps that she's just really good looking because she can hold anyone's attention. Um, well, but, and, then he, and then he calls the uh, he call, he calls the other expert back up, and he's like, uh, "She's she's 
she's pretty, isn't she? Right. My fiance. And he's like, yeah, she's very, she's very pretty. He's like, so would you say everything she said is a hundred percent accurate? And he's like, I think I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, the defense is wrong. Yeah, she deserved it. It's pretty good. Right now, yeah, I've actually my Mona Lisa Vito is kind of my my best impression right now. I think it's it's better than your Joe Pesci. I don't even have a Joe Pesci, so funny, um, funny, funny how, funny how you don't have a Joe Pesci either. Apparently, no. I need to work on my Ralph Macchio. Um, I'm the Karate Kid, and then and then Sheriff, yikes, Sheriff Farley uh, comes up, and I just like he's like Sheriff Farley. Uh, what'd you find out? And he just kind of, you know, blows the whole thing up. Two boys matching the defendants, found a gun. It's the same gun. Yeah. And uh, I love the way the DA is like, you know, do you have anything? And he's like, Your Honor, uh, state would like to dismiss all charges. Like, says it like very emphatically for people to cheer, like for the like the roar of the court. Um, Are they allowed to do that? Just dismiss all charges? It ha- It's a motion and the court can allow it or not allow it i mean state by state right everything i say is state by state but mostly they would make a motion the court can decide to allow it or not it's kind of funny when the court's like oh i don't really want to allow it and then the you know because i've always thought when the court's like if the court was like no i don't you know i don't want to dismiss all charges or whatever i as a prosecutor be like all right well i'm just not going to do a good job on this this case like we're going to lose um because we should lose uh I, and then the movie kind of ends. Um, I like the part where he's like, I got to get out. He's talking to the DA and he's like, you know, I got, if I don't get out of here right now, I may never get out of here. Because <laughs> earlier the judge is like, oh, they're going to call back at three o'clock. He's like, so at three o'clock, you're going to learn your fate unless you can win this trial in 90 minutes, which he does. Yeah. He wins the trial in 90 minutes. Um, and then the judge comes up to him and he lifts his hand to get arrested. He's like, I'm honored to shake your hand. Win some, lose some. <laughs> And then I like how he just kind of takes it and then the reveal on why that reaction happens happens later as Mona Lisa explains it. Did you like how at the end they end all of their animosity towards each other? Because that's just kind of like, oh, I guess you proved yourself a good enough lawyer to me. I, I have respect for you now sort of thing. I think, I don't know. I mean, so my wife and I are kind of like this where we'll have arguments and then like, you know, we'll kind of leave the room and then like 10 minutes later, it just like, it didn't happen. Right. Cause it's over something stupid. Right. So I think she's mad that she got yelled at by him, but I think she also realizes like he is under an extreme amount of pressure because his, his fucking cousin's going to get killed for like a crime he didn't commit. Nephew, so I think, right? huh? Nephew. My cousin Vinny. <laughs> oh yeah. Not my uncle Vinny. <laughs> My uncle Vinny. My uncle Vinny. Uh, so anyway, twice removed, Vinny. (laughs) On my mother's side. Um, that's actually not a bad Ralph Macchio. I think I got something there. So I think I I don't know. I just think she understands what happens, and like it's sort of water under the bridge. So that part makes sense to me. It also sets up the potential sequel. That is it called my my aunt Mona Lisa or my my cousin Mona Lisa. We're going to do David Reads the Internet right now. This is straight from IMDb. So a sequel was discussed where Vinny Gambini would be practicing in Britain, uh, but Marissa Tomei dropped out of the project. Uh, And you can't do it without Marissa Tomei. Absolutely, you can't. I mean, just not. Which does lead to uh, some fun facts about casting. So uh, Mona Lisa, uh, Lorraine Bracco was offered the part, and she passed. 
And then Debbie Mazar was, uh, I think, in the running or whatever. She would have been she would have been pretty good. But like no one touches Marissa Tomei in that part at all. I, I mean, actually I don't I don't really want to replace anybody, honestly. Like so the ju- Christopher Lloyd uh, like was considered or after the judge part. Oh, yeah. Which would have been good. But I think I don't know. Uh, the guy who plays the judge in this Fred Gwynn. Uh, so one, this is his last role ever. He, he passed away like a year later. I uh-huh. fucking love him in this. Um, obviously, you're not changing Vinny, who uh, so Jim Belushi, I think, passed, and then Danny DeVito and John Lovitz. Danny DeVito, okay, if you Danny can't have Joe, Pichio, Joe Pesci, Danny DeVito is pretty fucking close. Well, even even John Lovitz would be pretty funny. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like Joe, Joe Pesci has a certain energy, and I think Danny DeVito can come close to that. Um, it would have been like Phil from Hercules trying to defend these boys. That's all I would hear. And then the last thing I read, which doesn't even make sense, and I obviously the character's name would have to be different, but Will Smith apparently auditioned for the Stan Rothenstein part. Um, I don't think that would have been the name of the character had Will no, Smith could gotten it, the role. It should still be the name of the character. Also, like as we brought out earlier or talked about, you know, they're the movie is trying to avoid like an Alabama on, race issue. Well, that's true too. But hold on. Can you imagine that? Are you going to make a slap joke right now? No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. Uh, but can you imagine that scene in the prison when Joe Pesci goes to stand? <laughs> but it's, it's Danny DeVito and Will Smith instead. So the way this ends as they're driving off and she's like, you think I'm going to marry you now? It, it's so perfect. And it's just like, it's the perfect ending to the to the movie. I love this movie. Like you said, it's almost like a perfect movie. I can't really find anything wrong with it, except maybe like uh, like a few metaphor scenes where like the house of cards or like the magic trick thing. It's probably whenever cards are involved or some mention of magic tricks is my least favorite part of the movie, but it really doesn't diminish any other part of the movie. Um yeah, I think, I mean, this is one of my favorite movies. This is like top 20, top 30 for sure. It's great. Uh, there's not really much else to say, but I did. I mean, when I finished this movie, it's when I realized I loved Marissa Tomei always. I mean, especially after The Wrestler. I don't know if you've seen The Wrestler. I haven't seen The Wrestler. Oh my God. Just watch The Wrestler and you'll love her even more. Thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And David David finally watched My Cousin Vinny.